Hello, friends. It's Caitlin and Shanika with Get Checkered. Get Checkered is part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown and community supported. Hello. How are you? Oh, you know, surviving. <laughs> How are you, Shani? Um, very similar, surviving. Um, <laughs> I can honestly say I missed both you and Courtney last week when I did the solo episode. I mean, I did it, but I was like, oh, I'm just, just me talking to me, having opinions about me. <laughs> I'm so proud of you for doing that because we are, well, I know I'm dropping the ball. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, yeah. Is there like any other live updates? What's going on? Are you still going to Portugal for yep. years? Yep. Yep. And I've dropped the ball on that too. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing school for like so I try and do some parts of like a normal life still so like I'll make a good breakfast I'll do my coffee in the morning do some yoga and then there's always like a chore or two to do and then it's like oh gotta start working on school and then it takes me all the way for like till midnight and then I just do that same routine again and I'm burning out pretty fast <laughs> you're really not selling the master's experience we've talked about this it's just it's just the, like one year thing like I think if it's a two-year master's it would be a thousand times better <laughs> <laughs> I would say easier but just better like my it's insane right now we've we finished one out of four presentations um, mm-hmm. for this two-week span the next three are just like oh god did you know they're making us literally evaluate a full power plant, a full power plant and present on it? And the numbers from the paper we got, Nicole and I are looking at them. We're like, no, that can't be real. This cannot be the real numbers. <laughs> of course, you know us having a God complex. We're like, okay, no, we're going to change this number. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's a mess. We're a mess. <laughs> you're like, it's a mess. It's giving mess. <laughs> Quite. It's fine. Um, we reorganized the apartment yesterday. So it's like a very clean environment to have That's a mess. In. So it yeah. feels better. You know? Yeah. How's everything with you though? Uh, yeah, just work is absolutely insane. And it's it's good. We ended like one cohort of the accelerator. So starting... A few, but we have to build content for one of them. So it's just, it's a lot of content stuff. And then um, I'm also just studying a lot, like very similar to you where it's like, okay, I want to have a normal life. I want to see my friends. I want to have fun, but I work, come home, study, make it to the gym on like the good days. And then on the bad days, like don't make it to the gym. And then the next day, wake up early and do the same thing all over again. So... <laughs> The spontaneity in my life is gone. Um, <laughs> We're really living up our life right now. Yeah. Late 20s. So much fun. Just living the dream. But I did, like, for sure, I think, not I think, for sure, this is happening because I deserve this to happen. Um, you all know I'm going to, like, I'm going to come visit Caitlin, obviously, right, for mm-hmm. a Canada Day long weekend, which I'm excited for. And then later on the summer, my brother is actually moving to California for his master's. He's going to USC. Go Trojans, I think. Not sure. Not sure. But so he's going to go there and my family and I are going to, you know, help him move and stuff. But I think we're going to end up staying 
for, I'm going to end up staying for like a couple extra days and then go to Palm Springs for like a week. Nice. Very good. So that seems to be in play for sure, which makes me so happy because, oh my God, I would just want to travel so badly. That itch is coming and coming fast. Fair. And yes, you very much deserve a trip, a relaxing trip to Palm Springs. And I hope you get warmer weather than I had when I was there. Yeah, I'm excited to just go golfing, which I know makes me sound like an old white man, but it sounds like the perfect spot for you to go <laughs> golfing and have warm. I cannot think of it. I know, right? Oh my gosh. Well, we have some podcast updates too. So Nicole, who wrote on her experience like going to the Grand Prix in Mexico, is actually gonna write a little review on Adrian Nui's book. And so expect that on our site as soon as it's like up, I think it's going to be in like two weeks. You guys can check that out. And then also Caitlin and I are starting to, we we talk to a brand. (laughs) So that's exciting for us as a little tiny podcast, but yeah, we don't really know that it's just great that people are, (laughs) we don't know what we're doing, (laughs) but we're figuring it out yeah exactly pros in no time is fine yeah and it's exciting for us because like we love being able to share this podcast with you but then also being able to pay people for their efforts like even if it's a little bit it's a dream is it not Mm -hmm. but yeah if you know anything about how to negotiate really great contracts let us know please let us know Uh, so this episode, we're going to be talking about just a couple headlines from the week and then the big conversation around Vegas, because that was finally announced. I feel like the much awaited Grand Prix. Very exciting. Yeah. But before we do that, we've got an ad. So your forest is a podcast about the natural world. Here's stories about the environment, renewable resources, conservation, forestry, fishing, hunting, and more. This podcast is for those who cannot live without the joys and wonders of all things wild. Find your forest wherever you get your podcasts or at yourforest.com. That's yourforest.com. Yourforestpodcast.com. Shit. (laughs) Yourforestpodcast.com. You can tell who picks the ads for this one. (laughs) (laughs) It actually sounds very interesting. (laughs) I'm quite interested to hear that one. But anyways, okay. Moving into headlines for this week, Jonathan mm-hmm. did a bunch of research for us because I, again, dropped the ball. Um, so the Australian GP, that's the one coming up next weekend. And it's kind of fun because it's going to be a night race for um, our North American times, which is, you know, awesome. Um, okay, is it awesome, though? Can we talk about that for a second? Okay, so it's better for me. Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's 10 p.m. in Pacific time. So I guess 11 p.m. Um, mountain time, but like 10 p.m. Pacific time is perfect on a Saturday night. Right? For her. And then for me, it's 11. And then for Courtney. It'll be one in the morning. Yeah. So, <laughs> so just just for this race, you know, live on the West Coast, best coast. Exactly. So not sure when we're going to record the podcast, <laughs> um, but you will it, like we'll still have it come out on Sunday and the usual stuff, but it's just so funny that the timing is just so late. Oh my God. Anyway. You know what? Maybe you just have to come out to Vancouver for every Just, <laughs> just zip out there for Saturday. <laughs> it's not the worst thing. 
but yeah, sorry. Just had to mention that, that it's like the timing is not ideal for me. But um, talking about the Australian GP before we went on a side tangent, they have actually implemented track changes. Um, so Shanika found all this up via motorsport and what Shanika, what has changed at Albert Park and why did it change? Yeah, so the track itself has been a bit contentious amongst drivers and teams. So the drivers and teams have been like, we need to update it. We just can't go as fast as we want. So in 2017, the Australian Grand Prix Corporation did investigate uh, making just whole scale changes to the entire circuit. And then nothing came of it. It was kind of like, okay, yeah, we'll dive into this. And then it was, okay, we will take these recommendations for later. And sure enough, later happened, which I think uh, obviously spurred on with COVID, right? There was two years without this race. So the benefit of that is that they have time to reconsider all this stuff. And yeah, they revisited and made some of the changes. So a lot of it is tied to widening the track to just encourage more overtaking, passing, and then also just general safety. So turn one, which is Albert Park's first corner is pretty notorious for crashes. So it's been widened by two and a half meters. Turn three has been widened by four meters. Turn six has been widened by 7.5 meters to make it less awkward. Apparently like the drivers, because it was such a weird right turn, you'd have to slow down so much um, because it's just awkward looking. And then the turn nine to 10, which is an old chicane um, is gone. That's completely gone. And Mm -hmm. Turn 11's been widened by three meters. Turn 13's been widened. And the pit lane's also been widened. So just more room. Maybe it's because the cars are also just bigger. Like if we're, if the cars are built to encourage overtaking and the tracks aren't encouraging that, then. Yeah, it's not the car's full potential. I think that's a great idea. I think, yeah, if they had the two years to work on that and they were able to make it work. Fantastic. And like one of them, 7.5 meters, that's not nothing, right? Like that's, that's a lot of space. Right? significant. <laughs> that's a lot of space. I completely agree when I was reading this because I was like, okay, like one or two meters, whatever. But that 7.5, I was like, oh, what, what, what was happening at that corner that they were like, we need to change this. But I hope, I hope it turns out that like with these 2022 cars and all these changes, yeah, we're going to see a lot of overtakes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Actually, um, on Grid Rival, I'm noticing why I'm getting so many points is because my people get so many overtakes. <laughs> yeah, actually, we should maybe provide a Grid Rival update after we wrap the story because uh, Caitlin's killing the game right now. Um, but I did want to ask you, we, we're back in Australia. It's Danny Wick's hometown. These teams, some people are doing so great and some people are struggling because we have time. What do you think? Like, who is your top five? coming out (laughs) it's it's the red bulls and the ferraris yeah of course um i don't think that's going to change yet i think mercedes and we'll talk about it later but they'll make a run for the top later on in the season yeah so i'm sticking with the red bulls and the ferraris and let's throw alpine's doing so good let's throw an alpine mp5 that's my thoughts okay okay you yeah, I, I I don't know what's going to happen. I wish that McLaren was in a better spot because to see Danny Rick do well, if you're not, um, if you're watching this, you could just see Caitlin's eye roll. If you're listening to this, I just had to tell you, she has just eye rolled a little bit there. Um, but 
just let's see Danny I do Rick. like Danny Rick I do want it on the yeah. record I like Danny Rick I just I'm being a realist for right now the situation it could change hopefully it does change but right now it's just not it's not looking so good right the McLaren's really struggling so I think it really sucks because I'm like oh I'd love to see Danny Rick win in his home city in his home country amazing like so fun not gonna happen um but in general I'm like you I think it's like the Red Bull Ferraris and someone else ideally I hope it's like a Mercedes you know that's in that spot but I think also let's make it exciting could an Alfa Romeo could Valtteri snag a top five finish I feel like anything's possible right now um could K-Mag get yeah who knows these are all options but we just know that Red Bull and Ferrari how well K-Mag um and Mick are doing I know Mick has a really big hit but he's like overall the car and him are doing better this season so overall Haas I'm so impressed with I know and Gunther must be so happy it's just it's good to see but yeah I don't know who's gonna take that fifth spot but we know Red Bull and Ferrari will be at the very very top battling it out amongst the two of them and everyone else will just be figuring it out in the back and hopefully positioning themselves well if there is an accident or something but that's not no yeah but that's exciting yeah and I hope there's some partying for these people because I feel like Australia I feel like Australians are rowdy is that am I feeding into a stereotype I've never met I think so but like from what I remember all my (laughs) friends and like everyone I met down there really like to have a good time yeah okay there we go you know you're in the sun a lot you have a lot of vitamin d (laughs) which is probably better (laughs) and rain or snow all day oh my gosh that's true so yeah I just hope it's like a lot of good energy and that the teams do a little bit better I'm also curious to see if there's any changes because uh we know that the last race like Fernando Alonso's power unit died right so is he getting a new one coming into this race well something happened to his car I mean the engine killed um so I wonder if there's gonna be any updates to these vehicles because it has been a week at least I think so. I think so. Maybe the shakeup could happen. I don't know. I did also want to know. that shoots Alpine way up to the top. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) Fernando Alonso, please. Right now you're on my freaking great rival team. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I did want to mention that uh, some of the cars are still overweight, eh? So the Ferraris, the Red Bulls, the Mercedes are overweight still. Anywhere from like five kilograms to like 15. And the only one Mm -hmm. that's like not is the um alfa romeo is the only one that actually hit the weight limits that's been you know outlined with the new guidelines so oh what are they doing if they're still overweight do they not get um like penalized for that are they i i don't know if they're just being like a little bit more flexible because it is a new era and they're maybe the expectation is by the end of the season you have to be hitting Mm. regular weight like i have no idea but it's funny to me that alfa romeo is the ones like yeah we got it like we're fine and everyone else even the leaders the people that are leading the races right now are too heavy so i guess yeah i guess we'll see like when they finally more so finalize the car to be within all the regulations when Mm -hmm. that happens and how it affects the performance yeah and i'm curious if it'll be like like i said if they've done any updates since the last race so Maybe some of these cars will actually be lighter or closer to weight come Australia. 
I have no idea. We shall see. Yeah, we shall see. We don't know. <laughs> the giant thing is what we're what we always say, which is we don't know anything really. <laughs> uh, the next headline I had to pull because obviously I'm a Pierre Gasly stan. Um, though he's not on any of my fantasy Formula One teams. Um, sorry, Pierre. I apologize. Um, <laughs> but the headline is from Motorsport 2. I saw it floating though all over Twitter and it's a direct quote from Marco, Helmet Marco, who, you know, I always say we need to stop platforming him and I stand by that, but I'm also going to be a bit of a hypocrite. I'm going to read a direct quote from him. Um, <laughs> I'm aware. But the the question was asked from uh, the Motorsport team and and they basically said, like, what are you going to do with Pierre? And he said that, you know, they have a, a contract with Checo and, quote, we have to compare the performance of these two drivers. And with Checo, we're still in the middle of the year. With Gasly, we have a contract until 2023. And it's clear that if this contract expires and we can't offer him a chance to move up, we will most likely lose him and we don't want to. Hmm. 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 Yeah, I think this comes back to what you and I have always been saying is that he needs to leave and that that Mercedes seat might be that option because I, I don't know if Checo does well this year, if he, he will get that seat. Right. I think if Checo does well, but he doesn't win the world championship, he'll stay on because we've yeah. heard Checo say like that's his goal is he wants to win. And it's like ambitious, but OK, that's good. <laughs> Um, and he's in the top car, so really, where could he go? He's gonna fight to survive. Yeah. And then, so he that might take him into twenty twenty three. And if he doesn't win in twenty twenty three, yeah, I, I actually don't know what Red Bull will do though. Right? Because if you, he'll be he'll be quite old at that point, I think. Right? Yeah, and it's bad to it's like shitty to say old because these drivers are gonna be like in their mid thirties, basically. Yeah. yeah. But in this sport, that is considered old when like the youngins are like 18 <laughs> coming in. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what they'll do either. I, we've mapped it out before where it's like, okay, Checo stays in a little bit longer. And then they give Alex Albin the seat. Because right now they have two options, right? They have Alex and they have Pierre. I think it's easier to tell where Pierre is just because he's in like an Alpha Tori. We know it's similar engine, all that sister team versus like the Williams is a different engine, different everything mm-hmm. basically, but they still have him as an option. So it's like now Pierre is driving. Yes. But then he's driving for that seat and Yuki does exist. Yeah. We can't forget about Yuki. Yeah. So he's in the train. It's, it's all weird. I do like, yes, Shanika and I, have said it before and we'll say it again. Checo needs to leave the Red Bull family. Not Checo, Gasly. Gasly needs to leave the Red Bull family. Mm-hmm. Go to a place that really respects him because I don't think Red Bull has shown a lot of respect to him. Um, Alex Albon seems to be yeah, boldly smitten with them. I don't think Alex would ever permanently want to leave them. Like he He's done this move to Williams as a stepping stone to get back into the Red Bull yeah, family. 100%. So I almost feel like it should be like once Checo leaves, it'll probably be Alex Albon, in my opinion. And Gasly's in anything else. Wherever. 
Yeah. I I don't know. I just want my boy to get a team. <laughs> no, like a good one. Like a, yeah. a, a winning car, yeah. A winning car and then also like a team that he can build around him because I think that's another issue where let's say he goes to Alpine, but Alpine is trying to build themselves around Esteban. And even if he goes to Mercedes, like it's clear that George is the one that's going to take over the sort of role that Lewis had and they're going to build a team around him. So it's like, he needs to go to a place where someone can build it around him. And Alpha is doing that, but we know that Alpha is not competitive and probably won't be for several years, which mm-hmm. ages um, Pierre out of opportunity, which sucks again to say that because he's like, like I guess that, that is another option. He just stays with Alpha Tauri. Tauri. <laughs> right? Because it is it like, I don't know. It's just if they will ever get to Better. the top tier. And we don't know. So seriously, folks, I don't know. Pray for Pierre. Like, for let's Pierre. hope he gets a freaking contract that fits him. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't know. My poor guy. And maybe, maybe I'll add him to my team. I think you should when you have the funds to do so. <laughs> when you can. I was in a bit of a predicament because I had to um, change out after the first two races. I had a spot open up. And it's yeah. like you, you have a run one race ban of like repicking your person. Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> I'm like, who's going to pick? That's what they're my price range. Not many. So it is what it is. I know. I'm great for Valtteri now. Valtteri, please perform. So, and my drivers technically are up. So I I only signed them for three races. Oh, all of them? So I'm kind of like, okay. Oh, Shani. What am I going to do? I'm just going to have a whole new lineup. It's a tactic. Try it out. Oh my God. We don't know. But anyways, uh, to mention about Grid Rival, Caitlin's second in our league, folks. Out of how many? 104 last time we checked. That's not bad. It's truly not bad. Shanik is up there in the top 10, too. Yeah, I'm eighth. And we just need to pull Courtney. Come on, Courtney. I know you probably have McLaren in your team, though, so I do I do understand. I do understand. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, anyways, these are my boys. I got to figure this out <laughs> later conversation. You got this, you got this. Anyway, okay, next headline. I think we both saw this throughout various different medias. Yeah, um, that's why I didn't TV. attribute it to anyone. <laughs> yeah, there's been some, some more drama around this Drive to Survive season. Yeah, so some positives, I, I suppose, I saw a headline today, uh, I can't remember from whom, but Liberty Media said that the current season of Drive to, Drive to Survive is already outperforming the previous one, uh, which is great, you know, the reason why Formula One and Liberty Media signed this deal with Netflix was for exposure, just general exposure, and this is a good thing, mm-hmm. but there are some other things that, oh, Caitlin, you added in great notes, which is like, Season four has been the lowest ranked on Rotten Tomatoes, and um, that's through the fan voting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like season one and two, I saw were like the highest. Season three was meh, which you know what? Okay, season four is the lowest. And um, like we've discussed this already on the pod, but like we're not fans of the season, and it could come down to the fact that we were able to see it 
live and we actually know what kind of drama we were looking for and then we saw like where the fabricated stories kind of were in this season versus we maybe didn't identify those earlier but yeah so we're not big fans um and I think with more people that probably watched it last year from Drive to Survive and we're looking forward to this fourth season they were probably disappointed like we were yeah um so it's like from a fan perspective yes they're getting more people watching it which is like Shanika said exactly why they wanted to do this but they probably need to reevaluate how they're going to show the upcoming seasons if they're seeing more people but like ratings are dropping um yeah and I think that's the big sort of conundrum that Netflix has right because it's you don't if people are coming into the sport through drive to survive but then they actually end up watching the full season like you and I did so watching all the races um you know not everyone has like commentary on it like we do but (laughs) they're watching all the races then they're experiencing it in such a different way. So how do you acknowledge that and create a show that I guess like follows what the people are actually experiencing or focusing on or what the headlines are through the season? Like I have no idea. And yeah, it was a bit of a slog to get through. I mean, we have a whole episode, I think, talking about Drives to Survive, but it was just, yeah, yeah, it was not a good season. I didn't love it. Um, No, no, no not but I think like I I I wonder if Netflix could I don't know get someone I don't know if they already have someone that's super into F1 that can help edit this stuff but like get someone with more F1 experience to be like no this is not really like what we should be showing or like you're missing this big moment that could help maybe I have no idea Netflix you can talk to us it's fine (laughs) yeah hit us up we're happy (laughs) to support um, but one of the things that makes me worried is that we've had like a number of drivers share that they're like not happy. Mm-hmm. And lest we forget, folks, there are only 20 drivers in Formula One. So pissing one person off, okay, you can manage it. Like they did this season um, with Max. Like Max wasn't in the season, but I think they did an okay job navigating it. But if there's more than one that don't want to be in the season, like that's going to be trouble, I feel like. Yeah, and I think, like, you noted two more people have, well, one definitely recently came out. I think another driver was a few weeks ago, but, um, like, you noted before, like, Max didn't partake in season four. Um, He compared it with the Keeping Up with the Kardashians format, which is hilarious. (laughs) That is kind of, like. It is true a little bit. (laughs) When he said that, I was like. Yeah, you're right. There are all reality TV shows have confessionals. Okay. You know, which is exactly mm-hmm. what the Kardashians have and exactly what Drive to Survive has. But yeah, when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah. And it's just like forced storylines and everything and yeah. on reality TV shows. Anyways, um, and yeah, Max was quoted to say like, it's also taking more time when we're already doing so many things. And I saw the benefit initially, of course, you get more popularity. But for me now, I think you reach a stage where it's a bit more like keeping up with the Formula One world, if you know my <laughs> reference. Yeah. And to add to that, uh, one of the marketers who I'm obsessed with, her name is Taylor, Taylor Loren. It's like who I go to for anything I want to learn. She started watching and I was like, oh, this is so great. Uh, but then... <laughs> She was like, oh, it's like the real housewives, but just like dudes with cars. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I like that. I like that. It is. This yeah. is the guy's version of real housewives and keeping up with the Kardashians. 
Truly. Uh, Lando Norris, I do think we talked about this, but just as a refresher, was also very critical of his portrayal with his relationship between him and Danny. And the chief, um, the Formula One's chief, I forget what his name is. His first name, I think, is Stefano Mm -hmm. Dominicali. Close, yeah. Dominicali? Uh, He's also mentioned, like, he doesn't want the dramatization and has mentioned it to the producers so we'll see what happens there but we know that Danny uh sorry Lando was upset because he if you watch the season he comes off looking like a fucking prick he like, does become like and yeah no that was such a weird little storyline I was like you blew this up there was one headline one week <laughs> that's it yeah that's exactly it because we yes as fans were like oh we hope that relationship comes but there was only one headline that was tied to this and you're right it was one week and then it was over and it was gone and they have warmed up to each other and you can see that through the youtube videos that they do for mclaren but i think it's also like these people don't know each other per se right like it's not like he grew up racing with daniel so i think it's normal to have to have to take some time to like warm up your relationship (laughs) i don't know it's so weird it's so 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 weird but um, I guess now, and I saw this too, Gasly um, has recently come out taking a dig at the show, suggested certain scenes were made up for the show and quote unquote, I haven't seen the whole series. So I haven't seen like more than pretty much the first two episodes. Um, you can clearly see that some scenes are kind of made up for the show. It's difficult to speak for the drivers. I'm not in their position. Who said that? That's what Pierre said. Oh, yeah. To speak for the driver. Oh, for the other drivers, I'm not in their position. I don't know how Netflix gets on with other guys. I think on our side with Yuki, which is what I can compare, was kind of normal. But obviously, as a driver, you don't want to be portrayed differently than the person you are in reality. I think that's the main thing we ask for. Yeah, it's oh, it's the the challenge with doing reality TV shows is you don't know what edit you're going to get, right? But I do think this is might cause a bit of a problem for Netflix because right now we've listed at least three drivers who are not. Mm-hmm particularly like happy with how things were portrayed and Gasly kind of alluding to yeah everything was like fine on our end but it's clear that some things amongst the other drivers were not real mm-hmm. um Netflix can't afford for more drivers to not do the series yeah yeah it won't become a very effective show if you don't have that percentage of drivers anymore well yeah. even like you didn't have the world champion right so, which is hmm which is a huge problem because i'm like there's only 20 drivers so if five of them even are like i don't want to be a part of this anymore you're losing like a significant part of narrative when they choose to if it's that many that choose to not be a part of it so i wonder what kind of i think what's interesting though for this feels like their first time but i actually think that netflix is going to have to work with formula one to for the next season and to figure out how they're editing it and all that kind of stuff because Mm -hmm. they can't have more drivers drop out there's so much more news and so many things happening but i think it's cool because netflix typically doesn't do that with anybody else like they're not going to like bend their knee for anyone so i think that they're kind of being put in a position where it's like these drivers actually have a lot of power formula Mm -hmm. one itself is saying like we don't want you to over dramatize anything so they're going to have to adjust accordingly Like, and I think that if, uh, I wonder if Netflix doesn't get their shit together, 
right? And F1's like, okay, we're not going to go with Netflix anymore. But I do think the show has been so important yeah, for their sport growing, especially in North America, that they would maybe just go with a different provider that could provide them more direction on editing or something. Yeah, more freedom to to do it basically the way that they want. And we know, uh, like you just said, what a marketing push it's been for Formula One, but also for Netflix to be associated with that. So mm-hmm. if there is... There, there's so many streaming services folks <laughs> so. yeah so like they don't owe netflix really anything they can go to any mm. service that can be more representative of the season exactly they might just need to like call it something else that isn't drive to survive but whatever <laughs> so keeping the drivers happy though is obviously very very important in this sport and like i get what gassy's saying like yeah it is a lot of time on top of an already busy 23 race season upcoming this year which is fucking insane it, and i know we're going to talk about vegas does it go up to 24 races next year we're gonna talk about that just about whether they should pull the cap because they typically do have a cap of 24 races a season um yeah that's know? like that's a lot of time already so yeah. good lord anyways that's that's that job to survive drama we'll see if any more comes out yeah and also i'm just like we just need them to just pay attention to what the drivers want and i mean i maybe less danny ricardo (laughs) you know what there's an opportunity shanika there's an opportunity (laughs) it's something we could even look into once we finally have time again but we create our own version of a movie for this past season because there were so many things that should have been covered should have been just like captured immortalized in film and yet they weren't thank you netflix you missed that so it's like we could do that we can bring in all the good stuff get all these drivers in a room and start judging them based off their horoscope signs and show them clips of where they were behaving like capricorns and truly scorpios and truly throughout the season <laughs> genius why not <laughs> um yeah we'll, we'll leave that there and if any more comes up we will keep y'all updated and also let us know what you think like send us if you can shoot us an email at get checkered at gmail.com or you know dms on twitter and instagram i'm on all of those pretty consistently so just let us know you know what your thoughts are about how netflix could handle this going forward uh, with so with a bit of contention from the drivers. Oh, the kitty! I haven't seen her in so long. She turned one. Oh my god! Last week, so they're on all the transition stuff to adult food now. Um, yeah, she's still so cute. She's so needy now. Holy shit! I don't know what I've done. <laughs> Clover, and bumps, little bee. Yes. Um. Angel and I, my roommate, were looking at little bandanas with F1 on them for the kitties for their birthday. That's so cute. <laughs> we haven't got them yet because I don't know who she's going to support. <laughs> we'll have to see, though. I'll just put the TV on. There's a bunch of TikToks with cats going up to the TV and, like, scratching and, like, looking for their favorite driver. So we haven't done that in a while, Happy Clover. So look at you go. You crazy. Anyways. <laughs> 
Um, anyways, okay, <laughs> back to things. We're going to do a quick ad break before we get into our main story of the Vegas GP. Um, so this one goes out to Park Power. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. Park Power has low overhead, which in turn allows them to offer low competitive rates. Reach out for a no obligations comparison by emailing estimates at parkpower.ca. If you decide to switch, it's easy. It's really just a change to your billing and you can feel good. Knowing you are helping to get back to your communities with your utilities bills. So learn more at parkpower.ca. Awesome. And also helpful because we know that everything is freaking expensive right now, especially utilities. You should see Caitlin's face. <laughs> it is I mean, insane. Even Alberta is still cheaper than BC is what I'm learning and how much I despise the prices in BC. <gasps> it is so expensive here. It is painful. So everyone, uh, yeah, swap to park power and in general, ask for fixed instead of variable rates folks so that you're a little protected when the market goes wacko absolutely you tell wacko. You tell <laughs> so the big announcement this week was vegas 2023 the las vegas grand prix is freaking happening holy vegas, shit yeah what do you think caitlin how we are could, you we could we could go to vegas <laughs> i want to say no <laughs> See, we're excited to do that. It's going to be uh, just in the city. So a street race at nighttime and down that main strip as well. So beautiful. beautiful. It's also going to be held during uh, the American Thanksgiving weekend, which is interesting. Um, we don't really know. The night of November 10th. That's their Thanksgiving. Is that when their Thanksgiving is? Sorry, I'm going to fact check. It is a November Thanksgiving. We don't. But I just saw that date and I'm like, oh, the night before Remembrance Day. Yeah, that's that's a thing. Um, that's what we know it as. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm wrong. American Thanksgiving is the 24th to 25th. Oh, okay. So oh. you can go watch the GP and then fly back to go have Thanksgiving dinner with your parents. That's how it works. Exactly. That's so funny. I'm fact checking myself as we're doing this. That's great. That is classic. Yep, this, classic. Is classic. this is very classic us. But I did find some little fun facts because I don't know if everyone else knew, but I truly had no idea that, um, yeah, that, that they had actually raced in Vegas before. So what are this in details? They, there was a Caesar palace grand prix that was held in 1981 and 1982. Um, <laughs> This is what's kind of funny, though. The track was laid out in the parking lot of the Caesar's <laughs> Oh, my gosh. It's just not that, you know, there's this and then there's Monaco in the same season. Just not sure how that works out. And it was set up as a temporary circuit. It was wide enough for overtaking. There was tons of room for runoff. And uh, to quote Wikipedia, the surface was smooth as glass. It was a counterclockwise direction though. And that put a lot of neck, a strain on the driver's necks because they're very much used to going a very different way. Um, in 1981, Alan Jones won in a Williams Ford car. And then, oh my gosh, Michelle, Michael? Michelle? 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 Alboreto won in 1982 with a Tyrell Ford car. The FIA and Formula One pulled out after that, though, 
And the track was then later used two more years for just other carding um, because multiple reasons. One was that there was just super intensive heat waves both years that they did it. So it actually harmed the drivers. Like it just, some of them have suffered from heat stroke and things like that. Uh, There was, of course, very small crowds. You know, this is notorious for the States. And in 1981, the race, because it was so under attended, was a significant loss for the hotel. Mm. So it just wasn't the vibe. Uh, I think this ties perfectly into what we talked about with Drive to Survive. Formula One just hadn't really made an impact in the American market. So for a hotel like Caesars Palace to try and set this up, it just wasn't the right time. Obviously, it's different now. Mm-hmm. Um, with Vegas. So the Formula One had a little cute video that I'll make sure to link in the podcast description. You can watch of them telling the drivers. But did you watch it, Caitlin? I did. And I've seen all the TikTok renditions of it. <laughs> when Danny Rick was like, I was going to retire. Now I'm not. Did we call that he was going to retire? Yes. We called that. We called that. But yeah, I can see why he would stick on because this is Vegas. Like literally, that makes sense for someone like Daniel Ricardo. Like, okay, whatever tired, like very realistic path, but like Vegas, oh yeah. I'll oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'll come back. This will be fun. So he that's a race that he's always wanted was the Vegas race. And mm-hmm. Lewis wanted he wants Miami. Miami. Which hey, is also- did you see that old press conference from 2017? And now we get both those races. Uh, both those races manifestation yeah and uh like caitlin said i look like i'd be so down to go to vegas because you could honestly not even attend but just book a hotel room that faces where the track is maybe pay like a couple grand for one night in one of those just get a bunch of people in one room it's fine yeah you all pitch to pay for that room so you can all watch it from oh, yeah. the hotel room. And it'd be better to be up high because yeah. then you get more view. Exactly. So it, it seems like this is going to add a couple billion dollars or half a billion, I think, in revenue to the city, but it's also going to impact the city significantly because the strip is going to be closed down. <laughs> but like for, for the best reason. Oh, and like they're yeah. giving enough heads up because it's going to be November 2023 yeah Um, that like they can make it well known that like anyone booking travel at this time like not an advisory but like a heads up yeah like not gonna be open for you on this night exactly i i wonder how the track is gonna be right because a lot of the street races we have are like monaco where no one can overtake anywhere for the life of them obviously Mm this will be on the street level we don't know how big the track will be but i'm hoping they just like bake in some ability to overtake and Oh yeah, that'd they be do. so much fun if it yeah. was one. No? I they think do. it would be. I'm trying to remember last time I was in Vegas. It was a long time ago. Yeah, it's been a long time for me too. I think it's like the last time I was there was like 2014, 2015, or something like that. So it's been a while. But we know that if Vegas, if this is happening, this is obviously very much happening. Just it's going to be exhausting for the drivers because you know they're going to be pulled into like 45 million different events on top of like having to qual- do qualifying and everything like that. Like it, it's going to be quite the show, folks. And I, someone was saying, I can't remember which driver it was, but they were like, we need a week break on each side of Vegas. Yeah. And, and I'm like, yeah, I agree. I agree. That actually ties into my question for you, Caitlin, which is, <laughs> oh my gosh, 
Formula One has a cap on races, which is 24 a season. Do you think they should lift it? And also, how the hell do they intend to do all of these countries that they're like signing on? No, exactly. I think 24 is a lot. I feel like they have to listen to the drivers in this respect. If the drivers are feeling overwhelmed, I think that's your limit. Um, Like, would you just put your reserve drivers in for a few races? No team's going to want to do that. No No. team's going to want to pull Max and put a reserve driver in instead, voluntarily, because there's so many races. And so, like, I don't know. Can you, like, we've talked about it before. You can rotate maybe some of the years. But, like, that's not the contracts they sign, which is, like, come on, you guys. (laughs) Yeah, they... I was talking about this on Twitter too. I really think they need to go back to the drawing board just in terms of what makes sense. Also, we know they have these like giant ESG goals, like environmental goals. Like how are you going to meet them if you're traveling? Because we know the biggest impact is logistics. So how are you going to meet it if you're traveling all over the freaking place <laughs> and then not in like a, in an order that makes sense, right? Like we know that they're flying back and mm-hmm. forth, shipping things back and forth pretty consistently. So I I don't even know. And frankly, it's also exhausting for us. Like <laughs> for super fans of the sport, 24 races in a season, that's 20. And especially in like the North American market where on the West Coast, things are always in the morning. Yeah. Like out of those 24, what, like 20, 20, 18 to 20? Our early morning races for us yeah it's not great it's uh, yeah I don't know <laughs> like they need to rotate races they need to keep the ones that are sort of iconic and must be there like Monaco I don't think will go anywhere mm-hmm. um so that will stay or whichever ones they are like this is indicative of history of you know everything that needs to be there keep those and rotate the others in and out because this is like becoming untenable like how do you do this all no exactly but like going back to that contracts no it's like if all their contracts are written like oh for 10 years straight we're going to go to this race it's like you did a bad contract I'm pretty sure sir if you're considering all these places you probably should have thought ahead and been like oh for 10 years like you'll be on the list or something and we guarantee you like six races or something yeah just like add more flexibility into the contracts if you're wanting to add all these different countries like where does Colombia fit in I still want to go to the Colombian GP I still want to go to the Japanese Grand Prix (laughs) and we know Japan is obviously very strict about COVID so I don't know when that'll happen but it's also like even if they get to a place where they can do it like will they even fit into the schedule it becomes a giant question and we want to go to brazil mexico looks like so much fun like there are places we'd like to go to <laughs> i don't know but it's just even the, the setting the cap at 24 races seems too high it does it does and i don't like where did that cap come from did they consult these recent drivers or was that like I don't know if it's just been like standing, you know, like something that's just existed since the beginning of Formula Mm -hmm. One. And then now I think it's just, it takes a lot out of the drivers. It takes a lot out of the teams and the impact is so much higher that I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you do here, folks. 
right? This is a big question. And, you know, we're just two lowly podcast hosts. We have our thoughts. But there's experts getting paid a lot of money to figure this out. So we leave it to them. And then we'll talk about if we agree with it or not. (laughs) Yeah. And like you said, we just have to keep, they have to keep driver wellness at the front end of this because to have the mental stamina to- yeah, and it's also like for that long. Like, oh, how, how often? Also, different angle to look at this. All these employers are talking about like work-life balance. These drivers sign up knowing like this is their life, right? Yeah. But they also have personal lives, and like if you take them away from their families for that length of time, and it's not even just the drivers; it's all the teens too, right? It's hundreds of people that don't get like family time if we're if they're gone for that long. Yeah. So, and we want these people to have, like Caitlin said, lives. <laughs> we comment on their lives too. We can still keep the podcast going, whether they're racing or not. <laughs> that is so true. You actually noted here that Stefano or Stefan said that he believes it's a very important market for the sport being in North America. So mm-hmm. now there's three total races, which is in the States, Texas, the States. Yeah, they have um, Coda in the States, they have Miami, and they have Vegas. <laughs> oh, it's like, you can definitely tell what their target is, is like yeah. where they're trying to branch into. Fair, fair. I mean, okay. But um, I think also it's, it's all of it's challenging with the States because there's so many hubs, right? There's so many yeah. places you go to. Um, and then, like, as Canadians, TBH, I feel left out. Just, it's fine. It's fine. Right? I also wonder, for a truly global race, they still don't have races in some places. And that's why Lewis is like, we need a South African GP. Like, we need one there. To be a truly global race, I think you do have to make sure you're not in one place more than the other. And Right now, the U.S. is the market that's growing. They think it's important for the sport, whatever, fine. But it's also like, okay, it's also coming at a loss of development of potential circuits in other countries, mm-hmm. including Canada. I wouldn't mind like one more in Canada, but also right. we would like the ability to travel to some other places to see the world a little bit and then, you know, go to a race or two along the way. I really think they could see a beautiful part of Canada if they put something out here in BC, mm-hmm. right? Just saying. And like make it super environmentally friendly because, you know, all the environmental stuff here in BC. It would, it's a great opportunity. <laughs> it, they'll probably be a net not great thing. In terms of impact. <laughs> but there's always mitigations that can be done. And it's like, yeah, it's just like, see something new. Like the Montreal track is like gorgeous and it's like, if it's sunny, it's just like beautiful, but it's like, it's not the boreal forest, Canada. Yeah. This is so funny. This is now turning to us pitching (laughs) Formula One to create a race in British Columbia because we'd like to see that. Uh, But I don't know. Are there any other like dream places on your list, Caitlin, of like where you'd like to see race maybe it's like not even in talks but where it'd be right. cool i don't know i do think the south american ones are dope and i think mexico's always fun they could put one in new zealand that would be pretty yeah 
I love the street races and I know there's, uh, I don't think there's a German one actually on the list anymore, but I would love to see, but like in the streets of Berlin, I love Berlin. For those who don't know, I like live there for a month. Love and it. like, I, I love Munich. So Shanneken, I just, <laughs> from parts of Germany. When we talk yeah. about Germany, we definitely talk about Germany. <laughs> yeah, like we talk about the places that we love. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Munich, fine. I'm fine for Munich too, but I think getting a German Grand Prix back mm-hmm. on the schedule would be dope. Yeah. And then, yeah, South Africa would be cool. I wonder if we did an episode on a South African GP because I know they've had one there before. Yeah. It's just like all the social impacts of that too because that opens up a big can of worms, don't it? Yeah, and especially uh, we've talked about this in our earlier episodes, but just the the track abandonment is a huge issue. So even if they do these races, it's like, oh my gosh, it's so shiny and glitzy and fun, Mm -hmm. but it's also like what happens after. So if a country especially the ones that maybe aren't as financially um, quote unquote well off take on the risk of paying for a track and then it doesn't go through or, you know, they only have it for a few seasons and then they don't after that. The impact is quite significant. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, we actually mentioned, I feel like we did a episode on abandoned tracks, didn't we? We talked about it and then we said we'd do an episode on them and we never have. Okay, so that'll come, but we have talked about it. It's just there's impact uh, when the track's going to ban into. So hopefully with the one, new ones that are popping up, like obviously with Las Vegas, it's a street track. So we know that mm-hmm. the land will be used again <laughs> normally. Um, but for the ones where they have to build infrastructure, it's like, okay, what is this going to look like, you know, 20 years from now, if you're not using it for formula one or mm-hmm. any carding. I re- yeah. I really think like development of these things need to be thought of in a long term perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. So we use it for these years likely. And then what, what could we turn it into? Yeah. Afterwards. And this is where Caitlin having her brilliant degree. <laughs> Life cycle analysis. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh well I got nothing else yeah I think that's everything yeah um, also I'm just going to touch on Esteban Ocon's face in that video when they were told about Vegas did you see that too when they're like Vegas and he's like no no <laughs> and it was so cute he, he's so cute he's uh watching that video like I said it's going to be linked but all of the drivers were just I think it was a mixture of being surprised, but then also like, kind of like, like I saw the like, oh, wow, this is so exciting, especially for Checo. But then for Lewis, he was like, yeah, it's going to be crazy or something. And I looked like he was like, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's what it looked like to me personally, where it was just like all these drivers like were kind of excited, but then also were like, oh my God. (laughs) Just really thinking about it. Yeah, because that's another thing. You go to Vegas, you want to enjoy yourself, right? But these drivers, we know, they go to these places, they can't really enjoy themselves because they're so busy. You should you should be concentrating on your race. <laughs> yeah, but they probably want to like go to some clubs, see some few DJs, maybe a pool party or two, go play poker, all of them. Could you imagine walking by like a craps table and seeing like all of these drivers just 
playing that would be insane it would be a life story truly so i don't know there it's a cute little video though it's (laughs) that's all i had though okay well friends we hope you enjoyed this episode and you can follow us on twitter actually this is a direct request please follow us on twitter instagram and TikTok all at Get Checkered. Uh, the reason why we say that is, you know, we have some brands reaching out. And if we can like get to a place where we can pay people more, we're going to sh- spread the wealth, basically. <laughs> um, so go follow us there. It helps us a lot with all that kind of stuff. You can also email us your thoughts and opinions um, at getcheckered at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Head to our website too if you're like wanting to read a blog post or two on just random things that are like adjacent to F1. Uh, what other things? Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That also helps. And, and please, obviously- please, nice stuff for now. We're still at the very beginning of all the ratings. Yes. So, so please, five stars <laughs> across the board. And yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, yeah, we will. So it'll be after a late night on Saturday watching the race. It might hurt on Sunday to do this, but we will get it done for you. We'll get it done. We love you. (laughs) Okay, we'll talk to you later. Stay checkered, friends. Bye, everyone.